Well, not the game that we expected. Our guess not to finish. This is Least Dog Forever. Uh, you're Scott and Spencer. Kyle can't be with us again tonight. Um, let's just get into the welcome. Um, remember, there's a uh, Discord group chat that is now live. Uh, there's also the Inside the Rink NHL Facebook page. Uh, while you're there, check out Inside the Rink on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Check out their website. Read the articles. Listen to the podcast. Subscribe, download, comment, view. Like my Facebook ban is over tomorrow, so hopefully we get a little bit more uh, views on the podcast. Uh, two notes before we get into this, uh, whatever you want to call the podcast. Um, Matthews is a nomination for a heart trophy, and Bunting has received the nomination from the Calder that we forgot. Also, we also forgot to mention. Uh, Patrick Marlowe called it quits, former Leaf. Um, well, Scott, you want to start talking about this or just jersey number segment first? Uh, I don't, doesn't matter to me. I mean, there's not really much we can talk about for this other than just we expected it. We expected Matthews for Hart, Bunting for, for Calder. Oh, no, I mean the uh, game. Like, do you want to get right oh, to the game and do the this. jersey number segment at the end? No, I might as well just do jerseys now, get over with. All right, episode 12. Uh, again, Kyle's not with us, so it's just me and Scott. So we've got his, mine, and some classics. Uh, I'll start first, so then Scott can just go right from his to the classics. My favorite, number 12, if you'd call this my favorite, but I did enjoy his presence on the team, Connor Brown. Kind of wish Toronto wouldn't have got rid of him, but... It also helped relieve caps. So, Scott. Yeah. So much like Spencer and previous episodes, this isn't necessarily my favorite player. More like a notable number twelve that played in a in a time frame of me watching hockey. So I'm I went with uh, Lee Stepniak, uh, depth forward for the Leafs in the mid like, 2010 era. Uh, yeah, just like third fourth line guy who could. Face-offs, kind of kill penalties, kind of thing. Like I said, not not my favorite, just a notable name. Uh, for classics, we have a couple here. We have Mark Osborne, who spent eight years with the Leafs, including on the two or the '93 team, the famous, the famed last uh, Leaf team that could have made the Santa Cup if it wasn't for a missed call, which I think uh, can can be relatable to tonight's game. Uh, Errol Thomas. Who played six years with the Leafs in the 70s? Pete Semkowski, who played five years with the Leafs in the 60s, including the 67 team. And then because he retired, uh, we have Patrick Marlowe. I uh, just scrolling through Twitter here. Absolutely. Pardon my language. There might be a couple curse words. If you don't like it, that's fine. If you like it, it won't happen often, but with the mood. Anyways, complete shit show on Twitter. Um, John Tavares came out. He was the first one to speak to the media. He said he's not commenting on the officials tonight. Austin Matthews was asked. He smirked and said he's not commenting. They said, do you think you should be held? The game should be called at a different standard. He said he's chosen not to comment on that. I'm going to save this. Um, there's a video going on of Kalorn. 42 minutes ago it was released. So, I don't know, halfway through the, third, uh, the overtime. Kalorn literally grabs... Austin Matthews jersey for five seconds, dragging 
getting dragged across the defensive zone. No call. Kerfoot, elbowed in the face. No call. The most notable one, Michael Bunting, gets elbowed in the face right before that goal. Scott, what happened? No call. Yeah. Just absolutely brutal officiating. Yeah. Uh, I mean, based on how the series has gone for both teams, I kind of expected brutal officiating. But in in the tune of bad calls, not bad missed calls. And there was a, the couple there against Toronto that I get, you could argue the Kerfoot high stick, but the, was it David Camp? Like, he didn't even make contact with his head. It, it, even on the replay, you could see like his stick made contact with the guy's shoulder. You could see the Jersey move and instantly foot threw his head back and, and embellished it. Like he got shot. So I think that was a little pathetic, which ultimately led to them tying the game. But the misplays and calls in overtime, I thought was really, <coughs> excuse me, ridiculous as well. I mean, yeah, it's a big stage, and the refs don't want to be the reason why you cost the team the game. You already were. Well, yeah, potentially the series, though. But yeah, like you had already done that with the Leafs when those two high second calls, when one of them shouldn't have been a high second call. So it's just like we mentioned last week, it just seems there was a certain moment in the game where the refs decided to swallow their whistle. And tonight it seemed that. Like it was the third period in overtime where they barely called anything, and if they did, they were kind of poorly called. Tell me why in a, in, a, in an elimination game for for Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay had what five power plays, Toronto one, and one four on four play. Toronto one power play, maybe two at the most. Like what? Yeah. Are you kidding? People have slowed down the video. Like, it shouldn't be some random fan who sits on his butt at home who decides to clip the video, slow it down, and take a picture to put it on Twitter just for the NHL to say, oh, shit, we made a mistake. That happened twice. You know what else has happened in the uh, twice in the last two games? That the sports that brought, or uh, um, announcing, or whatever, panel in the intermission, trying to break down penalties that Trump's taken, and then saying, oh, wait, Maybe that's not what happened. That happened twice in two games. They're saying bad penalties. Here's this Kampf penalty. Oh, wait, that didn't hit his face. Oh, here's the Kerfoot penalty. Another bad penalty. He shouldn't have been so aggressive. Oh, wait. Hedman, Hedman stick lifted him and dragged his face, dragged, dragged the stick into his face. What? Like, I'm, I'm so confused on, on what the NHL is. Like, how, how do you... If this is the, how the NHL is going to go and Toronto is going to be doomed from the playoffs round two every year. You can't always blame it on the players. This year, the players have shown up. The team has shown up. Toronto is a better team. They've proven that. Five on five, penalty kill, power play. They've shown that. They're a better team than the regular season. The Jack Campbell's, I think, statistically has been better than Vasilevsky. But what? Are you kidding? Like, and, and it's funny because I believe, I'm not mistaken, Gary Bettman said that the NHL likes game sevens. A lot in the NH or in, in playoff series. Well, what, what, why? Because, because revenue, because profit, because if it goes seven games and it goes back to Toronto in this series and you're charging $1,500 for a ticket versus $200 in Tampa, like, come on. Which I also find funny about Tampa fans calling you guys out. None of you guys showed up to the games all year in Tampa. Anytime they played a Canadian team, it was all Canadians that went down there, snowbirds, vacationers. 
Like, give me a break. This whole this whole night has just been such a piss off. Yeah, and like I thought it was a, like a good game. Like Toronto, I think played better than Tampa, but Tampa had its moments. And for the first two periods, there was, I mean, you could you could say arguable calls, but nonetheless, like they were penalties until the third period there, where those those two high second calls were called, and it just kind of changed the whole narrative of the game. Uh, hopefully, or luckily, Tampa uh, Campbell made the stick save there on the open net, and everybody thought he shot it wide, or else they would have won right then and there. But yeah, just those two penalties to give Tampa the two man advantage that that let them tie the game, just kind of turn the game. The c- convenient, all of a sudden, not in the rule book. Although everyone in the whole entire arena, I mean, I guess not really in the arena because it was a Tampa Bay arena, but everyone on the lease bench, including the commentator, said, "Wait, his helmet's undone. Therefore, he should have been a pe- should have been assessed a penalty." And then randomly, yeah. oh, rule forty six point one three, like, come on. Yeah, but and then even overtime, I thought the Leafs were controlling. Like Tampa had what four shots before they scored, and Toronto had like nine or ten. So yeah, the other thing, the only, the only about overtime. Continue. I was gonna say the only negative I had on overtime is, and people may not agree with me, but I thought Mitch Marner was trying to be too fancy with his puck movement, with his yeah, play in the offensive zone. There was numerous chances, especially one chance where he could have easily crossed it to the open net. Michael Bunting. And instead he yeah, instead he tried to like toe drag into the net himself and try to shoot it past the goalie. Like, yeah, hometown kid, wanna be a hero, score the goal that sent the Leafs to the second round in eighteen years. But like you don't need to be a hero. You would have just been as much praise for making that pass for Bunting to score as he would have been for scoring the goal. And and, so in that and moment, Morgan Riley is in the same situation every time he got it from the point. He would do that little forward, backscape, backwards, look off Austin Matthews, and then pass back to Mitch Barner. Yeah. In those moments, you don't need to be the hero. You need to score a goal. And I don't know. Just, I, I wish we had a Jason Spezza-type caliber, caliber person on this podcast, to be honest, to calm us both down. Well, it was it was annoying the to way see that... that in those moments where you could have won with a cross crease pass, you could have won with whatever a tip pass or a getting to Matthews to try to snipe. Not saying Matthews would have scored in those moments, but he had a better chance, I think, than Mitch Marner. Instead, you try to try to take it yourself because you want you want what you want the praise, you want the you want people to to, to hail you as the hero of Toronto because you scored the goal. Pass the puck. Doesn't matter who scores it. As long as you win, then you have potentially seven more games to score as many goals as you want. In that moment, you need to focus on scoring. Anybody on the ice, not just you. And I don't care who it is on Toronto, whether it's the coach, the players. Well, they're not going to listen to the players. The coach, Sheldon Keefe, or sorry, um, Kyle Dubas, Brian Shanahan. Someone needs to pull a media conference and say, I'm tired of the parade to the penalty box. Because ever since John Cooper said that, they've had, what, four penalties? Toronto had, like, eight penalties in 12, or sorry, uh, 12 penalties in four periods. Like, and how many penalties did Tampa Bay have? And I I understand that, yeah, we're Leafs fans. People are probably listening to this 
people are probably taking the time on their day to listen to the Leafs podcast just to try and make fun of the Leafs. But at the end of the day, we're Leafs fans, and it's annoying as hell that all of the same, it's the same shit different year. The Leafs are, are doing well. They're outplaying their opponent, and guess what? Penalties. Like, not even just, like, penalties because there were penalties. Like, some of the penalties in this series for both teams, some of the penalties in the last couple of years that the Leafs have been called against are just so totally outlandish and, like, why would you call that in that moment other than to try to make it more interesting game management, whatever you want to call it. There's no need for the ref to call that high sticking call in that moment when it wasn't even a high stick. There's no need for for any of the penalties to be called in those moments, not throughout the game, but like that third period specifically when, when the roles are reversed and Tampa trips a guy or or cross checks a guy or high sticks a guy, or elbows him in the face two different times, the refs just turn and look the other way. So why in that specific moment did you feel the need to give Toronto those penalties? And uh, game management can't always be the excuse. I just, I just I don't think Toronto had a power play since what? Did they have a part? I think they had their power, first power play and maybe their only power power, power play in the first, the first period, right? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Like, the refs can't always use game management, which in itself is a poor excuse anyway, because that's just showing you that you're not doing your job properly. You shouldn't be calling the game in advantage of one team in disadvantage of another at certain moments in the game. Your job is to call penalties, call offsides, call icings, whenever whenever they happen. Not just when the game need Tampa needs to come back or Toronto needs to come back. Or, or t- yeah, but it was uh, never Toronto. for Toronto. Well, no, but, I mean, there has been times where Toronto got penalties because of the momentum of the game. And there, there has been times where Tampa. And, the, the, yeah, maybe the fans play a part in that, but that's not the ref's job to, to cater to the momentum of the game. If if Tampa's up 5 nothing, and then Tampa does six straight things that get them penalties, then the ref should be calling those six things. But they don't. They call one, maybe two, because they don't want to give Toronto five straight chances to score five goals. Or if Toronto's up 6 nothing. And then they get six potential penalty calls, which in this series so far, it seems like they kind of give them to Toronto over Tampa. But it's not the job's, it's not the ref's job to pick and choose which one's a penalty. If they're all penalties, call them. It doesn't matter if there's 17 power plays in a game. Eventually, the players will get sick and tired of it and just stop. It seems like they are doing those things. Fact of the matter to me is this. Kelly Rudy, obviously on the Canadian broadcast, uh, intermission said um, that the refs will probably look at that penalty on camp and would probably have one in their back pocket for Toronto at some point in the overtime. I don't agree with that, but like if you're putting Tampa Bay on a five on three so they can continue potentially continue their season, why the hell couldn't there been a couldn't have been one call? Against Tampa Bay and the overtime, that actually was a was a penalty. And also, I'm going to say this because it's the truth, and someone people need to speak up more because the NHL is doing a piss poor job of this. If you want to protect your stars and have your stars in the game, and players players don't come to the game to see Patrick Maroon, players don't come to the game to see 45 year old Corey Perry do absolutely nothing besides play four minutes a game and lay on the puck when it should have been a penalty. People come to the game the to see Austin Matthews. 
People come to the game to say, see Kucherov and Stamkos and McDavid, but in this particular series, people are coming to the game to see the top stars in the, on both teams. Why the hell is Austin Matthews getting, one, dragged down every chance they get, but also dr- literally dragging Kalorn across the ice in front of the refs with no penalty? Like, Austin Matthews is literally, like, in the bottom... I don't know, third, no, not even, probably the bottom, I'd say 10, 15 in the league with penalties drawn on, called on him. Like, I don't, I just don't understand how it doesn't matter if it's the playoffs or not. Like, just because you don't want to ruin someone's season, well, that team shouldn't be, shouldn't have the thought in their mind that, oh, we can just take that penalty because the ref's not going to call because they want us to get back in the season. You guys were the reasons why you guys gave up three goals in like, what, 10 minutes? Like, like, it just, yeah, I don't know. It's just annoying as fuck, man. It's just weird that, like, not even just this game. Like, this game is a whole other thing in and of itself. But just throughout the year, even other playoff series, like, the refing has been criticized and, and mocked, and, and people have demanded that the NHL fix it because of this game management, where if a team has momentum, and they're down by a couple goals, then the refs seem to buy into that momentum and, and give them more advantage than the other team. That just doesn't make sense in any professional sports league of why that would happen. Like, And even to throw to other sports, like you could argue basketball does it, where the star players get maybe preferential treatment or, or bigger-name guys get more penalties called or fouls called against them than not or whatever. But in hockey, it just doesn't make sense because... You can't really equate the two, especially being in hockey where usually the power play is your best players on the ice, just constantly, usually, it should be anyway, constantly bring the goalie with shots in effort to score so that your team can come back. Add that to multiple power plays in a row, that only increases the percentage of your team scoring to make it even. That's not the ref's job. The ref isn't the, the ultimate deciding factor of who wins the game, or they shouldn't be anyway. The ref's job should be call penalty unbiased. doesn't matter if you're a Canadian team. doesn't matter if you're an American team. doesn't matter if you're Stanley Cup uh, champion, two-time Stanley Cup champion. doesn't matter if you've lost in the first round seven years in a row. The ref's job, <clears throat> excuse me, the ref's job should be unbiased. Yeah, and, and I mean, we all would have known about game management, that's obvious. But that Tim Peel situation obviously brought to the forefront uh, for a lot of people's minds. I just... Um, I just can't even think. Like, I was... I mean, one, I was nervous as hell during the play, or the overtime. But I was happy because it could have actually happened. And then, of course, Toronto squandered the opportunity to share. Like, the ref didn't put the puck in the net. But if the refs would have called a penalty on Michael Bunting on the elbow going down the ice, and then I don't know how Austin Matthews fell. People still have done that video. It doesn't look like he got tripped, but you never know. No, it, it, there's, I saw a video on Twitter. The guy was already, like, he wasn't even close to him by the time he was falling. Okay, so there you have it. But still, like, it just, it's just annoying because if Toronto loses on Saturday, every single person who said, I'll cry. Oh, I'm so excited. This, that, the other. Blah, 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 blah. Same old song and dance. We'll be hating on this team 
not realizing that this team should have actually won this series in retrospect without the refs. If the refs just called the traditional hockey game based on the rule book, Toronto should have should have won this game in four or five games, really. Toronto's the better team. But because of the game management by the refs, they will lose, or they could lose. And then every single one of those uh, people who have commented saying this, that, the other about uh, they, they're so emotional that you guys were all going to be hating on them and then it's going to force Toronto to make changes, which I understand some changes are warranted if they don't make it on the first round. But they don't need to go in and trade every single big gun because the fans are telling them to because the fans are too blind to see. I mean, maybe not this year. I, I could be wrong, but it just seems like the fans are going to be too blind to see that was actually, if the team the team is actually a really good team. Potentially, the way that they've played, they they've scored four goals on on Andre Vasilevsky, who's considered the best goal in the league, besides maybe just Durkin. Every game in this series, they've dominated play every time. It's almost almost every time it's five on five. Toronto's dominated play. Not every game. Every game, what? They they score four goals. Yeah, every every on average, like averaged out, Toronto scored four goals in oh. every game. <clears throat> on Vasilevsky, okay, okay. his save percentage is like less than 880 like it and then the people put on the oh he's 17 and 0 on back-to-backs with a 921 you know what a save percentage coming into the series was on back-to-backs like a 940 950 Charles brought down like 30.30 percent or whatever the heck that number is it just doesn't make any sense to me that the same like, we're gonna we're gonna go through the through the same thing every year if Toronto doesn't make it on the first round because the people can't see that this team is actually, I would say, probably hands down, as even a hockey fan, Toronto's probably the second best team right now in the playoffs. Like, pound for pound team, besides Colorado. Yeah. But it's not being shown, because how do the how does the refs counteract Toronto obliterating the defending Stanley Cup, two-time Stanley Cup champions, calling power penalties, which I don't understand because Toronto's penalty feels good. But that's a story for another day. But just doesn't it, it makes perfect sense. Strong's dominating on five on five. Oh, Steven Stamkos, who quote unquote is the best hockey ref in the league, goes to the refs, sheds a couple tears, and then guess what? Four or five penalties straight for the Leafs. Come on. Yeah. Another and thing John I know. Cooper. Continue, Scott. We'll no, no, go go. I'll make my point when you're done. You're still. It just it just doesn't make any sense. John Cooper saying, "We haven't really made Toronto earn it." Charles literally kicked your your team's ass every game, like five on five hockey. The only thing that you've earned is what a golden ticket from the refs. Oh, we gave Toronto a freebie. Oh, Toronto hasn't worked hard enough. This, that, the other. No, I think you're just playing mind games because you're like, like numerous people point out, including Scott. Like, if you have to come to the media and say that to try and defend your players for playing poorly, how the hell did your team win two Stanley Cups? I mean, I, I think that's, like, I said that earlier to you, that it just seems weird that every time Toronto wins, 5 nothing, the, what was the other one, 5-1? Five, five, one. Yeah, and 5-3. Or 4-3. Three. Three. One sec. Yeah, Scott is still yeah, dealing with four, COVID, three. just so you, everyone knows. Yeah. Uh, and the 4-3... 
this past, not tonight's game, but the game before the comeback win. Um, and then after those three games, he came out and said, like, yeah, we gave Toronto freebie or, or Toronto played four, but we let them win. And then I, I just started thinking, like, if you have to come out and make excuses of why your team lost, like, how are you? Like, it just shows that maybe the team's mental, um, mental or mentality or mental state or whatever you want to call it isn't as high end as everybody claims to be as two time Stanley Cup champions because Sheldon Keefe hasn't been doing that. When Toronto loses 7 3, Sheldon Keefe doesn't come out and make excuses. He says, he should. Yeah, the team played. Well, yeah, but he doesn't. The team can't. No, I know. Toronto loses. I think that he, sh- I think that he should just to copy <clears throat> John Cooper. Well, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. But he doesn't. I don't know why. When the team loses, <clears throat> excuse me, when the team loses 7 3, he comes out and says, yeah, we played bad. They played better. Like, we need to come back next game with more energy and win. All right. Oh, yeah, we gave him a freebie. We gave him a freebie because we wanted to feel him out in game one. Or, oh, we, we, oh, when they win 5 1, it's, oh, Jack Campbell's not that good of a goalie. Well, in the two games Toronto won in the first three, you guys only scored one goal. Yeah. I mean, we're going to get a word from our sponsors here in a sec, but, uh, yeah, just an absolutely devastating way to end the end of the night. Um, I was planning on coming here, coming on here and singing We're the Champions for you guys. I had the tissues out. I was excited to to shed a couple of tears, some happy tears, and you know, I mean, we've been grinding obviously a lot on this podcast and writing and daily grind of being COVID and et cetera, et cetera. And I was kind of looking forward to having a couple of days off before the Leafs play their second round game, first game, sorry. Um, but we'll do it all over again Saturday, regardless of a win or a loss. The mood will probably be a little bit more emotional, um, regardless if they win or lose. Um, but yeah, if they do win and the playoffs don't start for, let's just say, next Wednesday, next Tuesday, um, obviously we won't be with you until then. We're going to take a little bit of a break, kind of um, sharpen up mentally and uh, come back at her. If they win, and if not, then we'll go back into a regular routine of once a week, maybe depending on the situation uh, throughout the summer, once every two weeks. But, um, yeah, so we'll take an ad break here, get a word from our sponsors, and and we'll discuss that more at at a later date. Um, Yeah, so we'll be right back. And now a quick word from our show sponsors and friends of Inside the Rink. BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lineups for the 27th year of live betting. Sign up for BETUS.com with promo code RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. Again, use the promo code RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. Play with a proven mainstay in the industry. BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com I know uh, we're back, obviously. I know Scott's got a couple things he wants to talk about. Just going to quickly do um, some on a town scoreboard, and then we can get right into the stuff here. 
Um, I believe Minnesota's was in four nothing last time I checked. This is an elimination game for St. Louis, so St. Louis could advance. Colorado obviously did advance. Boston pushed it to a game seven. Um, Rangers won last night, so they push it to game six tomorrow night. Uh, obviously, Sidney Crosby's injured. Uh, looks like it could be a concussion, so um, we hope nothing but the best for him. Uh, and and Florida won last night, so tomorrow they can close out the series against Washington. And uh, Calgary, I think, can close out the series tonight. LA could clo- or sorry, tomorrow LA can close out the series tonight. But I believe Edmonton's winning that game. And yeah, that's a wrap. So just keep your eye out because we got a couple good uh, game sixes and game sevens coming up on Friday and Saturday. Scott, take it over to you. All right. So first, I wanted to touch on. Yeah, we we've been complaining about the refs, but this isn't just Leafs fans complaining. Yes, we are Leafs fans. Yes, we are complaining, but this is just complaining from a hockey standpoint. Like, if if you're a if you're a hockey fan, and and you're not even just a Leafs fan, you're a hockey fan. You're a fan of Ottawa or or Arizona or Anaheim or Florida or whoever, and you you see plays like that happen where it potentially costs the team the game, or you see the refs not calling. Like, why wouldn't you be mad at that? Not e- like obviously we may be biased because we're Leafs fans, but like we're talking from a specific hockey standpoint, and like people are going to say, "Oh, Leafs fans are crying about the refs." Yeah, like why wouldn't you when it's an egregious miscall or an egregious overcall of a penalty from a hockey standpoint? That's not good for the game. Why wouldn't you be upset about that? And it just seems like, and this isn't even just like, "Oh, Leafs fans," like. Leafs fans say it about Ottawa fans and Montreal fans and Boston fans say it about Montreal fans. It just seems like every team that at their fans complain about this stuff, it's all oh, typical Leafs fans. When it should be like, yeah, that's a bad call. Take your Leafs bias out. Take your Leafs hatred out. Take your Ottawa bias, Ottawa hatred, Detroit hatred, whatever. And look at it from just a hockey standpoint. Like, those are bad calls. Why wouldn't you be upset about that? or angry about that, or just disappointed that the ref even decided in those moments to do those. Especially when it's playoff hockey. Like, all the last, what, two months, people have been saying, commentators, analysts, radio hosts, etc., etc., have been saying, playoff hockey, less call, more clutching and grabbing, more this, more that. And then when they do it, well, I mean, in some circumstances, but most times when, and it's been like that in the Boston and Carolina series too. So I know for a fact that I'm in a couple of group chats. Obviously, Scott's in a couple too with me. Um, and like a couple of Boston fans were even saying, like one guy's not even rooting for Toronto, Connor Green. He's part of the uh, inside the rink. Um, he, he's not even cheering for Toronto. And he said, ah, those are some basically some bad calls. And uh, Jacob from. Uh, Q the Ducks podcast, who's obviously a Boston fan, not cheering for Tampa at all, and he said, like, you know, that's, that's pretty bad uh, officiate, officiating in that moment of the game. So, yeah, and also, just, if you are just hating on the Leafs for because it's the Leafs, you're only doing that because your team's not in the playoffs. Let's be real. You're a Montreal fan. Why are you hating on the Leafs? Because your team finished last. Yeah. Ottawa, because your team hasn't seen the playoffs in what? You guys always just say, oh, we made it to this year or this round, 2015. Yeah, it's been what, seven years? Halfway to what Toronto's at, buddy. Halfway. Almost. Yeah. I don't know. Also, I, I made a mistake story quick on the uh, Minnesota game. It's 4 nothing in the third period. 
my, my mistake, not the first. So that game is pretty much sealed. Anyways, yeah. continue, Scott. It just seems weird that, that which lead me into my next point I wanted to make, that fans do that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, my next point from that would be, I saw on Twitter there's other fan bases, and this isn't me complaining about fans. It's me complaining more about perception of a fan bases, I guess. And that they were posting pictures of like people crying and being like Leafs fans right now. Yeah, like why wouldn't you? If you're a passionate hockey fan and your team loses a big game, why wouldn't you be upset? It just baffles me that people would be posting these cry face gifts or memes or or videos and then people are like, Oh ha 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 Leafs fans right now. Yeah. If this was any other team in the league, those same fans if this was like Dallas or Edmonton last game. You don't think Edmonton fans were upset they lost? Any fan of a team that loses in the playoffs usually gets upset. It just it just blows my mind that people are all over Twitter, oh, Leafs fans crying right now because they lost. Yeah, of course we are. We lost an important playoff game. Taking out previous history, leaving that aside, just this series, even if it was potential assist, ref assistance or whatever you want to call it, like up losing an important game in the playoffs sucks for any fan for any team it just blows my mind when it, maybe not even obviously because we're toronto fans i saw it for toronto but i'm sure toronto's not the only team that that happens to if if calgary loses game six uh and dallas wins dallas fans hop on twitter and be like oh calgary edmonton fans oh calgary fans right now of course they're going to be upset why wouldn't you be it just it just doesn't make any sense that you'd be ripping on this fan base for their team losing an important game game when if the roles were reversed and your team was in it you'd be doing the same thing any fan would be mad any fan would be disappointed any fan would be upset in those moments it just doesn't make sense that the perception that fans just hop on twitter and and then and rip on these other fans it just doesn't make any sense to me um i just want to throw this in here because uh this guy is not a least fan at all uh ryan whitney he's playing the nhl uh, he's from the Spain Chicklets podcast with uh, Biz. He said the Leafs have uh, have a legitimate complaint about the refs tonight. Very one sided for Tampa. Still took OT. Leafs outplayed them, and Tampa is going to need to play much better to win Game Seven. Kuch, uh, Kucherov making it three three uh, was horrendous. Otherwise, um, this guy literally went on a real different born last week. It was basically saying in a roundabout way, "Shut up, Leafs fans." And now, as and he's always saying that, always like Leafs fans are complaining, Leafs fans are wusses, whatever, whatever. And then this guy's coming out and saying like, okay, I watched this game and it's one sided. Maybe the NHL actually might need to take a look at what's happening. Like if 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 notable people around the game are coming out who aren't Leafs fans and always comment, are saying like, yeah, you got to feel for the Leafs. Maybe the NHL should wake up. Where's the Jeremy Roenick? Um, audio when he says wake up NHL unfortunately we can't use it because copyright issues but uh, yeah wake up NHL also uh, first comment under there Scott what do you think it was the what first comment under the Ryan Whitney tweet uh, Leafs fans crying right now no is nobody feels bad for the Leafs got to overcome it and when the Leafs do oh. every fan base in the league will be saying <coughs> the, the refs helped you or um or Tampa was tired, or this, that, the other. Like, which I was, I was trying to say. Well, 
I was trying to say when we were watching the game, when it looked they were talking, it looked like Toronto was going to review the goal, and they're like, I don't know what they were re- reviewing it for. There was no goal interference. Later, they find out it was because of the strap, and then it looked like Sheldon Keefe and, and Jason Spencer were arguing about it, whether to challenge it or not. And I was going to say like this is a lose lose for the 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 review team in Toronto, because if they call it a no goal, then Tampa will be like, oh, Leafs only won because the refs helped them much like Leafs fans are doing now. But if if they or sorry, if they allowed the goal, then Leafs fans will be saying that, which they are. And then if they disallowed the goal, then yeah, Tampa fans would be like, oh well, reviews in Toronto, of course they overturned it. So it was like a it was a major lose lose if they had to review in that situation because no matter what the call was, they were gonna upset one fan base. Yeah. Yeah I and that would bring me back to, or reminds me of the San Jose Vegas, you know, the major penalty that was reviewed and then San Jose scored like what four times. Yeah. Um also just saw this because this is kinda wild. Me and you were talking about this earlier about how some hockey player bet or some basketball player or whatever bet like four hundred thousand on Toronto uh coming back um last game against Tampa and he rode with it and he won some kind of probably million whatever um speak about betting because there's their sponsors who use the promo code win some money uh drake bet uh what four hundred thousand dollars yeah four hundred thousand dollars of the series would go seven he didn't pick a winner he just said seven games he walked down with 1.2 million just tonight just for betting thanks yeah also um two things here i know it's not related i wish i had four hundred thousand dollars i could just ran drop on a bit yeah that's what i was saying to you earlier it was like <laughs> only famous people like rich people would say i'm just gonna drop as much as someone makes in sometimes a lifetime on a bet yeah. and hope that i win the money and if i don't eh, oh well get them next time uh two things here i know it's not necessarily least related but uh kevin fiala is taking some mean criticism on twitter right now he plays for Minnesota, obviously Minnesota did score to make it 4-1 with 14 minutes left so that should be an interesting final. Uh, it's going to be Arizona and Nashville all over again. We call it over <laughs> yeah. and then they come back and win. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's taking some mean criticism and people are like, some some people are commenting like, the way that Minnesota Wild fans should be or, or criticizing Kevin Fiala should be how the least fans are criticizing Mitch Marner, blah, 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 blah. Um, and just another guy who had an outstanding um, regular season who couldn't seem to find his game in the postseason. But unfortunately, one thing that Toronto fans need to realize, because I think that they have realized, but maybe not Toronto fans need to realize, maybe I should have picked my words better. Some things that hockey fans need to realize is a playoff series does not depend on one person. If Kevin Fiala doesn't get going in that series, or say Rich Marner, although he is, and hits and and, and goals and, and assists and points, um, if, say, Mitch Marner wasn't going in the series, it's not like the series doesn't end because Mitch Marner. There's still 11 other forwards, 60, and a goalie to backstop it, you know? That's what uh, it, if you're going to rip on the whole team, rip on the whole team, sure. But, like, don't don't just rip on one person because he didn't score or he didn't produce or because you don't know what's happening off the scene or behind the scenes. He could be the last voice in the dressing room to try and get them going. I agree. Just it's this time of year that I love, like playoff hockey, 
the emotions that come with it. Unfortunately, there's more bad emotions than good emotions for being a Leafs fan. But also the thing that I hate about hockey is like the criticism and and these people like the bandwagon jumpers who who for any team they they just watch because it's playoff time and they hear their buddy at work talking about it and, and then they're like oh look at that twenty two on Minnesota I think that's what team whenever is. oh he sucks and I'm just like it just it's a joke like and and also I want to shut out. This is two times in a row. I didn't think that we'd ever <laughs> mention this guy as much for good. But Justin Hall, another outstanding game in my opinion. Yep. I don't know if they just played the audio of that reporter saying he was the worst defenseman on the team, or or maybe they worked with him a little bit more. Pardon me. Um, but yeah, I think he got in, he got in the lanes. He body checked. He made Kucherov's life miserable. He he played the puck well on Braden Point, I believe, or Anthony Cirelli. Um. Yeah. Shout out to Justin All. I know that you've taken a little bit of heat on this podcast, but yeah, if you play this all year long, me and Scott would be probably your biggest fan. Yeah, I've been uh, uh, pleasantly surprised by him the last couple of games. I mean, there has he was on the ice for two goals, the overtime goal tonight, and I think it was like the first goal in yesterday's game or last game, not yesterday. Uh, but yep, he couldn't I, can't blame him. off the line in the last one. No, yeah, yeah. I'm not blaming him. It wasn't Michael Bunting. Like, Michael Bunting was the one who actually knocked the puck over the line. But, yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. I'm not blaming him for those goals, but people have, like, I saw comments where people are like, wow, Justin Hall played really well. And they're like, what are you talking about? He was on the ice for a goal. Well, just because he's on the ice for a goal doesn't mean he was playing bad in that moment. It just means that the other players on the ice may have been on a position for them to score. So, I thought the last two games, he's since the the 7-3 loss, I thought he's played incredibly well for the Leafs. Yeah, he's been, uh, been very uh, per, uh, positioned. Um, yeah, especially that block in overtime. Yeah, that's what I mentioned to you. Is like, yeah, part part of me. I was gonna say you mentioned that the uh, positioning he has. Like usually he's standing straight in front of the guy, blocking the traffic, like or blocking the lane of the goalie, creating traffic by his own. Uh, like by himself, but in this situation, he was kind of tilted sideways. So then Campbell could see the shot, and he ended up getting his knee in the way. So kind of nice to see. Yeah, I'm not saying he's my favorite player on, on the team. I'm just saying, for all the heat that got that guy takes, including for myself, um, he's really done well. Another pairing that I really liked was Brody Muzzin. Although sometimes they make some um, questionable decisions with the puck up the ice, down the ice, icing, whatever. They log big minutes, a lot of big minutes, and also Lubushkin too. Morgan Riley was the one defender that I, I he kind of goes to me sometimes. Most times he goes unnoticed defensively, to be honest. To me, but uh, Lubushkin had five blocks. I, I notice think. him more on offense when he's trying to, <clears throat> excuse me, step up or or control the play when in moments, specifically moments where he shouldn't be. Yeah, when he's forechecking, and or when uh, he looks off a pass for a shooter like Matthews, or or down the to the hash hash marks or the the short wall to a forward, and said he shoots on net when he shouldn't. He should look off, or he should pass it because Matthews has a clear lane, or they need to cycle it around a bit more so that he's not shooting it into bodies. Yeah, yeah. I don't um, really know some. I mean, there has been a few plays where I, you know some on defense, 
I think he also had a block in overtime, if I remember correctly. But uh, usually, yeah, I notice them when it's more in the offensive end than the defensive end. Yeah, I agree. Also, Giordano, I love the guy. I hope he gets the Spezza treatment. I hope he comes back next year. Um, just uh, thinking here, I had something to say. Um, oh, I mentioned to you this. I uh, mentioned this to you. Sorry, earlier. I would almost do next game. I would almost think about putting Ingvall on the last line, and I know he played well on the third line, but there's a reason for it. Ingvall on the last line, he provides that same digging as Blackwell. I would put Kerfoot down on the third line with uh, Nylander and um, Camp. Say Camp and, and Camp and uh, him, yeah, Nylander. Um, and I would put Bunting on the second line with Tavares and McCaff or Tavares and Nylander. And I'd put Blackwell on the top line. That guy controls play. He's fast as heck. He gets in and out of the zone quick, like like super quick. And he's just uh, he's like an energizer bunny out there, like. I think a, a little bit different of a look because Bunting, like you noticed it, when Bunting gets hit, he's instantly into the net, other team's bench, yelling, screaming, pushing, whatever. When he gets hit, he's always got to push back. He can never just take the hit, move on. And like some, to some extent, like for example, that one uh, in overtime, yeah, we're like, what? What was that? Why no penalty? And then I was like, okay, Bunting, get up. Like at that moment, yeah, he got back and whatever, but it was just like, just seemed like he lays on the ice a little bit too long. And, and I like Bunting. Obviously, he's a Calder nominee. But I just think next game, when you need a little bit extra energy, maybe switch up, put Blackwell up on the top line with Marner and Matthews. And, and also, it should be reminded that um, if Toronto is not successful on Sunday or Saturday, the next podcast that we have, we will be doing a breakdown of, obviously, the game, whatever, um, players and this could potentially be it for Blackwell and Giordano and I hope not because I like them both um, but I hope that's I hope that there's obviously successful because I want to see a long playoff run I want to talk Leafs but yeah, it makes me nervous makes me nervous with another game 7 yeah uh, yeah, that makes me nervous just, about the whole scenario uh, just want to touch on Blackwell because I brought it up a couple times during the game too where I thought especially much like Hall, the last two games, I thought he's played really well. Like you said, he's he's using his speed. He's using his, I mean, maybe not physicality, but he's trying to use his body to dig in the corners, to shove people around. He's in there on the zones quick, like you mentioned. So I think he's been very noticeable as a fourth-line guy for the Leafs in the last couple of games, which leads me to um, my question is – oh, sorry, go. No, no, no you go, go. You go. No, go, go. I, I was, I was just going to keep talking, so so you, you, you asked the question. Well, if it's about, about Blackwell, then you might as well just it's go. Not, it's my, it's okay, I was gonna, just going to ask, like, like, what? How's your like? What are you feeling going into the next game? Are you nervous? Are you are you calm? Like, um, what you're thinking about the next game? I'm nervous because we've seen this script before, but I guess in a sense it kind of leads me into my next point. Um, I think if you take away the Kerfoot turnover. And the brutal five on three, which you'll never obviously get back. Like that could be called next game too. Um, but if you take away the Kerfoot turnover and play a little bit smarter, I think Toronto has it. I think it's their game. But at the same time, I'm nervous not only for Toronto to blow it because we've seen that happen, but I'm nervous for the refs. And I know we've talked a lot about refs, but I'm nervous that there could be a chance that 
the refs to call bad penalty in the third period or the second period whenever Toronto has momentum or, or you know, down to nothing or whatever, and it kind of seals the fate, and then they give up. What do you think? Well, I'm not nervous, actually. I don't know. And I mentioned this to someone else I know, uh, that I, this this team just feels different this year. Like, last year we were up 3-1, and then you lose game five, and you're like, oh, crap, here we go again, and then you lose game six, and you're like, yeah, we're done. But this year it just seems like barring some interference or some blown call or some bad play, which, again, is completely possible in the bad play because look at game four where they lost, what, 7-3 seven, seven, and Toronto played like crap until late in the third. So hopefully that doesn't happen. But it just seems like, especially how Jason Spezza stepped up in this playoffs, he's kind of moved into more of a leadership role on camera or, <clears throat> excuse me, they constantly showing him like calming players down, hyping players up, talking to players, Tavares and the bench and Marner and Bunting and whoever else in the locker rooms giving speeches to, to rally the team. So it just seems like with a whole day off tonight and then the whole day going into that night game on Saturday, I just feel like he and other Muzzin and, and maybe Simmons and, and Tavares and all the guys who have all this playoff experience will be standing up and, 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 and like calming them down, getting the nerves under control to go into that game. And then the same throughout the game. I just feel like this year's team is different than the past year's team. And yeah, they may lose, they may prove me wrong, and they may choke. But I don't know. I just feel like this year's team's different, and we're going to come out next game with, with a bit of um, command and, and dominance. And it's at early. home. Well, yeah, early anyway. We may not dominate the whole game. Hopefully we do. But I feel like, especially with how much in you said the post game interviews, you could, you could clearly tell Matthews wanted to say something, but he knew not to. So you could tell it bugged him. Like that clearly bugged him that they were getting those calls, Tampa, and those ways that allowed them to come back and tie the game, or the missed calls in overtime that potentially led to the game winning goal. And so you knew it bugged him. So I feel like they're going to use that. They're going to take whatever Spencer and all them say. Specifically, Spezza, because the last couple of games he's just been a complete leader for the team and, and rallied everybody to a comeback win and almost a comeback win tonight. And I, yeah, it just feels like this team is different to me. So, next game, I feel like it, it, we may lose, but I don't feel like it's going to be a 8 nothing loss or a 2 nothing loss like last year or whatever the score was last year in game seven. I feel like we're going to be yeah. competing right until the end, maybe even overtime, and it'll be like a, a last, a last dish effort from the team to try to advance past the first round. And we may come up short. We may not. I don't know. Obviously, I'm not – can't see the future. But, like I said, this team feels like they're going to start battling or they have started battling. And then next game, they're just going to continue that even more. I agree. And, and another quote from Austin Matthews is he said, uh, we've just got to go up uh, – we've just got to go for it, put our balls on the line and go for it. Um, yeah. And that's, also, uh, like – Think about how they feel. Like, us as Leafs fans are sick and tired of losing seven years in a row or six years in a row, whatever it's been. Like, Matthews and Marner and, and Nylander and Riley have been on all of those teams. Like, they've been on every one of those teams that have choked in the first round. Imagine how they feel. Sitting there thinking, oh, crap, here we go again. Um, like I said, maybe not this year. Yeah. I mean, they may be thinking it, but I feel like 
that this year they they're, they're finally believing like yeah like we can do this whereas past years it's like once they face a bit of adversity they're like oh crap we're gonna fold but like just to put yourself in their shoes where excuse me they've lost six years in a row or seven years in a row and then this year in another elimination game things don't go their way and they lose just just how crappy that would feel for for you in that situation yeah and and i think the the hardest thing about being a professional athlete is if you have a bad day at work as a regular civilian, you get to go home, debrief, whatever, whatever. When athletes have a bad game or, or just a shitty situation happen, like what happened tonight, you got to go home, or sorry, before you go home to, to debrief and, and whatever, you got to answer questions from reporters. And those reporters are going to ask, Hey, Matthews, why are you 0 for 8 in the Marner-Matthews era in Toronto in elimination games? I bet you Austin Matthews just wants to say, why don't you go in and do it? F you, this, that, the other. But he's got to keep his composure because, one, his image, two, the team's image. But, like, Scott's right. you got to think about how these players feel. Austin Matthews is clearly frustrated. I feel like he's going to be hungry as heck next game. And and if Toronto comes out and scores one or two early, I think it, it could seal the deal. So it just uh, to me, it's just Toronto's got to get in the game early, which will happen. I think it's at home. So if you're going to the game, you ever listen to this podcast before you go to the game, be loud, get into it. Yeah. And they also have to know that if there is that adversity coming, they're up to nothing. Tampa start getting some calls go their way, like continue to battle. Because it seemed like the third period tonight after Tampa scored and they got those two power plays, they killed off the the rest of it, thankfully. Excuse me, but after that, it seemed like until maybe like the last two two and a half minutes. But from what was it, eight minutes left to that two minutes, it would just seem like some of the players were just floating around, looking, waiting for overtime to happen. Yeah, when they could have still been battling, they could have still been fighting. And I think next game, I don't think that'll happen. I feel like if if they're up two nothing, Tampa gets some play, uh, calls going their way. I feel like they're going to keep battling just so that they can secure that win. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, it's going to be a crazy one on Saturday. Um, so be prepared. Be prepared for both outcomes. Yeah. It's the shitty, shitty feeling, that's for sure. Such wave of emotions change so quick. Yeah, but just uh, I guess I'll put on my Jason Smith hat and uh, yeah, just relax, stay calm, breathe, and uh, have a little bit of faith because I, 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 I agree with Scott. I think that Trump could do it. I'm just nervous for a bad call. Um, with that. We're gonna wrap up here. Um, yeah, kind of. You can you can tell you can sense the uh, the energy of the pod and the emotions in it, and it's a piss off that's for sure. Uh, so, just the usual. Um, subscribe if you can. I noticed that our subscribers have gone down. We're sorry about that. Obviously, with the Facebook ban, it's been a little bit tough to get other. Um, products 
uh, out to you guys so that you guys can and girls and, and everyone can listen to the pod while you're reading your, your article or whatever. Uh, so hopefully that just ends. Real, just real quick. We've also mentioned this before that it, there's something you don't like or something you want us to do. I don't know why we've had some, a decrease in subscribers, but maybe there is something on the podcast that we've done. Maybe it's just the last couple of weeks or episodes where we've all had COVID, so it's not really the most energetic or or in like in person in like hyped up whatever. But if there is something you don't like, like, like if you want to unsubscribe, sure, but like maybe instead don't send us a message on Twitter, be like, hey guys, I like your podcast, but I think you should change this or you should do this instead. And then we'll take that criticism and, and try to make it better so that we can gain more followers and we can interact yeah. more with people. Yeah, I agree. Well, I don't think we have very many interactions right now, so um, we're hoping that we can uh, we can change that. The other thing is, um, like I have been going through when I, before I put out the podcast and just editing out a little bit of the throat clearing and the coughing and all that, because I don't know 100% if Kyle was positive for COVID, but uh, where me and Scott live, the whole house got it, so it was a little bit. It's a little bit tough. So remember, I know this might not f- sit well with everyone, but if you can wear a mask, um, use hand sanitizer, listen to your public health, um, be safe, rest, sub- subscribe, listen, po- uh, download, like, comment, interact with us on social media, at least forever. Um, or talk forever on Instagram, at least forever pod on Twitter. Could be, uh, could be our second last go lose go. So we'll, uh, we'll sign off now and we'll be back with you on Saturday. Have a good night, everyone. Thanks. Go lose go.